good to be here today. Yes. Yes. That'd be good. Our Holy Father in heaven, we now ask your mercies upon Brother Robert. Father, for all of those who labor under conditions of, of uh, whatever weaknesses that are, the human body is susceptible to, I pray now, Lord, that you would give the strength of spirit and the strength of body to perform in a manner that would be well-pleasing mm -hmm. and glorifying to you. Yes. We ask yes. now that the infirmities that Brother Robert is experiencing physically, mm -hmm. that you would catch him up and by your spirit empower him mm -hmm. to be able to be free of, of those effects and to be able to concentrate and deliver this message with power and grace. Mm -hmm. We ask your mercies upon us all. We ask it in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 It's good for us to be here today Amen. to consider the things that God's doing and has done. See, when we look back at um, what God's done in the past, mm -hmm. then see, we'll know how to operate in the present. Mm -hmm. God doesn't change. He, he's the same every day. So we, he's a dependable God, one that, um, that does all things according to his will. And the good news is that his will is perfect. <laughs> he can't make a mistake. Now, Moses, well, we're going to rejoin Moses. Remember last time he was, he, he was standing with his shoes off on holy ground, talking to the God of heaven. <laughs> Now, now that, that's something Moses never forgot. And um, we, we, remember when you first came into the kingdom, when your first conversation with God, you never forgot that either, have you? This is something that stays with you because, see, the, it, when, when illumination comes, it enables you to overcome. Who could have overcome sin? No one. But Jesus did. And then he gives us the power right. to overcome sin. Now, that's pretty impressive. By faith, Moses, our last um, consideration. See, there was, he was looked, he noticed a bush that burned, but it wasn't consumed. Took note of it, turned aside. God noticed that he turned aside. And now look at what's happening. It, God's going to employ Moses into the work. See, God's going to do a work. And he's going to use Moses to do it. He set him aside. See, if you see it like that, that God prepared him in another land and doing another occupation, something Moses never considered he would do. But God was working. He was preparing Moses. Now the time's drawing close. God got Moses' attention. He says, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, if any, any of the brethren have any comments along the way, do you just go ahead. Um, this, this is a, um, you know, I, I think all of us can identify with what Moses, see, Mo, we, we have been called in Christ Jesus. Now, see, this, or some of this may seem small. Unto good works. See, this is something that's going to take every bit of faith you have to enter into that, to what you've been called to, whatever it is. Somebody may think, well, I have a small ministry. You've been given grace to do it. That's the point. 
And, and Moses had been faithful with little, and now God's going to give him one of the largest projects in the history of the world, the deliverance of millions of people. I think it's millions. Millions of people out of Egypt. Sister June? Some people wouldn't think that being a prince of Egypt was a small <laughs> a, a small work. Yeah. But what his work was is to keep the things that his mother had taught him, even yes. in the midst Amen. of an environment that was was actually very uh, corrupting mm-hmm. if you would give in to it. Amen. Amen. Now, it's one thing to have a godly desire to free your brother. See, Moses thought they should have known. I mean, he had this desire, but it's quite another thing to have God speak out of heaven and send you. <laughs> see, now, you see, you're not on your own. Moses isn't going to go there and speak his own words. God's going to tell him what to say. So see, this reminds us so much of Christ and what Christ is doing and what he has done. He came here. He says, I haven't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of the father. The words that I speak, they're not my own. He was speaking with the words that God gave him, just like Moses is going to. Now, in comparison, you know, Moses is the meekest man, right, on all the earth until Jesus showed up. Now, Jesus is a lot more meek. See, Jesus is more everything. Jesus is the fullness. Here, Moses has a measure, but look at what he does with this measure. See, he's not, he's not an obstinate man. He's not. He, he's a reasonable person. And we'll see that throughout this whole thing. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. It's so what he do when the time is right. He's he's sending a deliverer. <laughs> the children of Israel were not in bondage because of sin. So there wasn't the children of Israel. Now later, they you know they will be carried away into bondage because of their sin. But this isn't this isn't like that. They were, in this event, we're called to consider something that God personally arranged in order that He might show His abundant power to deliver. To call out people unto himself. He, so to get Jacob in Egypt. Uh, how, how do you do that? Jacob would have never, he would have never moved the entire tribe of the nation of Israel into Egypt on his own. But see, God moved things around, made it impossible to stay where he was at. If you, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> has ever God moved you in a place you didn't think you wanted to go or should go? But he, he, he can arrange things. God's, he knows what he's doing. Later, the Holy Spirit would provoke Asaph to write these words considering, concerning the deliverance. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave me ear. He gave his ear unto me. Now, that was what happened here. They, remember, they started groaning by reason of their bondage, and, and God heard them. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. Down in verse 9 of Psalm 77, it says, Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercy? Selah. Verse 20, it says, Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Right out of bondage. It wasn't. Uh, Moses tried his, I mean, Pharaoh tried his best to stop it. I mean, at every turn, lied, cheated, but God prevailed. 
He says, Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh. So God's purpose to do a work in the deliverance of his people from Egypt that would accurately parallel the redemption that he purposed in his son. Later, see, and not only not only did he was he saving, he was also judging. Right? right. He was when we when we know and understand what God did in the deliverance of his people and in the judging of the false gods of Egypt, we'll be able to glean more understanding from the apostles writing concerning God's deliverance of his people and the destruction of the devil and his works. See, we're seeing a picture of it. God did. He's very meticulous then. And he's going to be very meticulous in the future, too. Yes, Sister Jen. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, types here that can be seen uh-huh. in the Exodus also was that the people that were being delivered never did a personal uprising. They had no power at all against the Egyptians, mm-hmm. just like us mm-hmm. when we were dead in trespasses and sin. Thank you. That we there was nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Nothing. We can't rise up and make some kind of a revolt against sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people didn't know what to do. And if they did, they wouldn't have known how to accomplish it. That's right. They wouldn't have had power to do it. That's but right. God sent a deliverer. Amen. Not until the people got indicated yes. were they asked to fight. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Brother Given? There's something, a principle to see here. When they came in, they... In they were small, and he's small, yeah. 70. Yeah. Right? 70, that was the entire body. Yeah. And they grew in, but once they got in, mm-hmm. they grew. So yeah. when a person comes into Christ, they don't come in big. Yeah, that's right. And they don't come in in vast numbers. Yes. They come in small. Yeah. That's the smallest point. Mm-hmm. So you could, that's why it is, it's wrong to minister as though there were just the 70 people all the time. Right. That's and right. Grow, there's growth, but it's after you get in. Yes, amen. Amen. Yes. In uh, Psalm 105, it recounts some of the history of uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And it talks about Joseph. Uh, and then it talks about the king letting him go and making him lord of all the substance. And then in verse 23, uh, Psalm 105, 23, Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham, and he increased his people greatly mm-hmm. and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, mm. to deal suddenly with his servants. Yeah. So God is the one that turned Egypt against Israel. That's right, yeah. He wanted to bring them in there, and then he wanted to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so right. He's the one that made that orchestrated the events to happen. Amen. Yeah, in fact, he said that he raised up Pharaoh to show his his yeah. power. That's right. Uh, yeah. Against him. That's so right. he made Pharaoh very powerful so yes. that whenever he was laid low mm-hmm. and defeated, mm-hmm. it was a, a very obvious thing. Amen. Amen. And it, Egypt was called an iron furnace. <laughs> That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Got, Moses' servant uh-huh. and Aaron, whom he had chosen, uh-huh. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Amen. Amen. 
So God is sending Moses to the nation that he has set up to rule over or have influence over the whole world. See, that during this famine, God set that up, worldwide famine, and Joseph became the administrator of all the resources, and he, he purchased Egypt for Pharaoh. <laughs> he, so see, he, he, everyone, if you wanted grain, you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> Amen. That's right. As there's a cost attached to it. There's a cost attached to everything. Joseph had purchased all the land, but this whole event was purposed by God. All right. It was it was purpose. It was arranged. Well, see, we know several times when when he he wasn't um, Jacob wasn't going to send the sons back. He didn't. He wasn't going to let them take his youngest son. He wasn't. And but see, they ran out of corn. See how God purposed it. How God moved things around. He, in other words, there wasn't anything else he could do. And so he 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 says here. Um, well, here, I just want to read this. This gives a summation. Joseph gives the best summation of what of, of, of his perspective of what God did. This is in Genesis 45, 7 through 11. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. See, this, there was a great deliverance going into Egypt, and we're going to see there's a greater deliverance coming out. So now, so now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord over all Egypt. Come now unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. So Joseph sends the wagons. Now, another verse says the Pharaoh sent the wagons. Well, see, Pharaoh supplied the wagons. They were Egypt's wagons. But see, he gave them to Joseph. You see his preference for Joseph in all things, because this Pharaoh never forgot that the whole reason that Egypt existed was because of Joseph. That's right. See, he, he, he didn't forget it. He was faithful. And um, so he sends the wagons to the land of Goshen. He set, now God has set the stage for, for 430 years later. See, God's going to have worked, and they're going to multiply greatly. And um, actually, Egypt at some point is going to become afraid of them. <laughs> well, they had every reason to. They had, now they, they, they had been oppressing them. We know for over 400 years, yeah. they made them serve with vigor. They, they were mean to them. Yeah, mean. And they were serving them. They were doing their, their, their bidding. And yet they, they couldn't even be nice to them. Well, see, God, God notices this stuff. You be compassionate to people. If you don't, God won't be compassionate with you. Brother? Maybe a little bit off topic, but we can see the same thing happening today that God is behind the scenes orchestrating uh-huh. events. Now it's to bring the uh, children of Israel back to the land of Israel once again. Yes, amen. Amen. 
See, they weren't there forever. They were there just to suit God's will. He had a purpose, and it could, couldn't be worked out. Yeah, they grew and advanced and became strong in yes. a strange land. That's right. Amen. Yeah, and, yes, go ahead. And over in the, the <clears throat> land of their inheritance in this same time, uh-huh. the peoples that were occupying the lands... God was going to judge them That's right. by the return of yes. Israel to them. Yes. But they were building houses. That's and they right. were planting vineyards. Amen. And they were preparing the That's place right. for Israel to be in and That's right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Getting it ready for them. That's right. Well, you know, nobody uh, prepares a house better than the one who owns it, right? Mm-hmm. They, they take care and they, they prepare That's it. Right. It's just that they didn't know they were going to hand it over to someone else. But, but God did. So Moses replies to God. Remember, God just told him, I'm going to send thee to Pharaoh. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, uh, there was a time when when, uh, Moses was on the initiative to actually do this kind of work. But see, now he's been gone 40 years. And, and see, it isn't that Moses is afraid. I don't believe that Moses is afraid. It's that Moses, in other words, how is this going to be accomplished? How am I, one person, going to go there? And um, Moses is not feigning humility. Moses knows that he, he can't do this alone, you know, which, which we probably all would have reacted the same way. How am, I, how am I going to do this? Well, God tells him, and certainly I will be with thee. Yeah. Now, I, I, I want you to notice that immediately jo, uh, uh, Moses believes. Immediately. I mean, it just doesn't say, God does not have to talk him into it. All he had to do is say, I will be with you. Because <laughs> this is um, Moses. His response proves this. His response proves because later, this is what he says. When thou, when thou hast brought forth the people out of the land of Egypt, you shall serve upon this mountain. That was a token that he gave him. But Moses instantly believed, believes in verse 13. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I am come. You see what I, you see, he believed, he, he believed it. He didn't say, oh, yeah, but he didn't say, yeah, but he said, when I come <laughs> unto the children of Israel and say unto them, so in other words, God said, I'll be with you. And he gave him this token. When thou hast brought forth the people, you shall serve upon this mountain. And Moses instantly believes it. But now he knows how, uh, what to do. He needs more instructions and to just go. Yeah, I think you'll find throughout Scripture that everyone God called came the first time. Yes, Amen, Amen. You know, this is a matter. This is the matter of the kingdom. That's right. See, that's right. God speaks with a certainty that only God can. That's right. See, that's power, right? man has a tendency to try to do things. Well, I'll, I'll try to do that. God doesn't try to do anything. God works. Yes, they should be missed. People read the scripture and miss that Pentecost, uh-huh. one sermon. That's right. In the temple, one sermon. That's right. Cornelius, one sermon. Amen. See it all the way through scripture, the first time yes. they believe. That's right. 
So that, that's the, that shows how powerful the message was. That God, God empowers the message. Amen. That's right. So if you preach the right message, yes, you get results. Amen. Amen. So you need results. Yes, that's right. You find too what that faith has a wisdom to it. Mm-hmm. God didn't say, "I'm going to send you to Egypt," and Moses didn't immediately turn around, pick up his sandals, and run off <laughs> That's to do right. something. That's right. He That's he right. inquired of yes, the Lord. Yes, amen. amen, amen, amen. You know, like I said, when when people try to do something, almost almost always at some point they're inhibited because they didn't foresee this other thing happening. That's right. So, so they may have had good intentions, but see, man's will is not the best will. It's God. God knows exactly what he's doing. Now, see, now, if God sends you to do something and there's a Red Sea in the way, God just parts it. That's all. I mean, yeah. the Red Sea wasn't a hindrance for God. It was for the children of Israel. And, of course, it became really, really an obstacle for the army of Egypt, right? And this also is the, is the first time Moses has ever encountered God. That's right. Amen. The first time. Yes. He tells you the effectiveness of the instruction. Amen. And he received his mother taught him enough he could recognize. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so when it also it reveals to you that the teaching he had received was valid. Yes, sir. It prepared him for this encounter. Exactly right. See, when he was acquainted... His mother acquainted him with the real God. That's right. Not with an idea about God. That's right. Amen. I'm afraid in our day people are being acquainted with an idea about God, not God himself. Yes. So God's revealing to Moses what is to be, not what might be. Like, well, maybe, or man talk like that. God tells Moses, "What this is? This is what's going to happen. I'm going to send you to Egypt." Uh, Moses will be used by God to bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. That's exactly what he's going to do. God just told him what he's going to do. I'm going to send you, and and you are going to deliver them. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here's what you do when you get them out. That's right. <laughs> see, God hasn't just, now he has given us some information. But see, he hasn't just given him information. What God has said has 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 fired up faith, right? Now, faith, faith can receive what God said. Faith just says, yes, Lord, send me, right? See, believers can actively compare their faith to the faith of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and ultimately Christ himself. If it doesn't line up, there's something wrong with your faith because their faith was fine. Their faith moved them to do what God gave them to do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's talking that's talk about things in heaven. I mean, we don't have eternal things here. I mean, the, the, your faith is going to turn into sight. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, that's just all from heaven. It didn't come from earth. And so faith links you to the power of God to do what he says to do. Moses believes and instantly responds in faith. Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? He tells them what they're going to do after they get out of Egypt. Yes, that's right. That's the first thing he tells them. He tells us what's going to happen when we get out of this world. That's right. Amen. 
Amen. So, so see, this is everything else he says is going to be within these two brackets. I'm going to send you to Egypt to deliver them, and when you, when you, you're going to worship on this around this this very spot. You're going to worship now. See, so the, the token was is that the project I'm sending you on is going to be completed. Moses, by faith, had already projected himself into the work in his mind and in his heart. That's why he asked the next question. Right. See, he, it wasn't like he was thinking, should I, should I really? No, he's already, he's there. In his mind, he's already there. Why else would you ask that kind of question? You know, because he knows now he's going to go to him. And he's, and he's thinking, All right, well, what do I say? Well, he just didn't make something up. Right. He, he wanted God, tell me what to tell my brethren. The question that Moses will now ask of God reveals that he's thinking ahead. A time when he's standing before the leaders of the people, these questions are not to confirm that he should go, but the answer will be required when he goes. Yeah. So you see, faith is, is moving him along in this encounter. Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me, that he wants to know. I want to know, what do I say that's going to persuade these brethren? He wants to know what to tell them. He wants more than just his words. Yes, Brother Yeah, yeah they, he, none of them had ever heard this name before. That's right. Amen. In fact, nobody in the world, in the world had ever heard this name Amen. Before. That's right. <laughs> that's a very important question. Yes, it, it is. You know, he's, te- he's telling you that the only way you know God now is by his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yes. he was unnamed, you couldn't know him. But he, God has a name, not Amen. names. You've heard people talk about the names of God. Yeah. There aren't names of God. That's he has right. a name. That's right. God is one. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, people get confused with this because they wait a minute. We got a whole bunch of names in there. He's talking about the same person. It, it's a di- He's so diverse. That's right. You can't. A name pretty much tells you a characteristic of the person, the nature of the person. That's what it's supposed to. But, it, but see, God is big. He's got many names because it's just describing a different aspect of his character. I am. God said unto Moses, this is what you're, this is what you call, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto the, unto you. <laughs> yeah. Accurate to say he has one name with many traits or uh-huh. something of that sort. Yeah. Amen. I am that I am. Now, in, in Psalm 90, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, he's talking about an everlasting God here. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Now, see, the Asaph saw into that. He's, God's eternal. Now, there's nine references in scriptures that actually say that same thing, from everlasting to everlasting. Okay, he says I, in Genesis 51, I am thy shield. You see, God's always talked like this. Yes, sister. Now that, that everlasting to everlasting uh-huh. also indicates that there has never been, nor will there ever yes. be, another God. Amen. That's right. He yeah. is the only That's right. God Amen. from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. That's right. And, and as yes. far back as, as any creature 
the created being uh -huh. can can know or remember God was. Amen. Yeah. That's right. And he'll never cease to be. Amen. Amen. 66,000 years roughly of human hi of world's history. Uh -huh. He's just a little dot. That's right. That's right. That's right. In between everlasting to everlasting. That's right. It, uh, amen. But look at what God's done in that span of time. Let's just look at what he's done. He's accomplished from the beginning. From when, before he made the world, he planned everything out, speaking as a man. He had purposed it. Okay? And then, when he initiated it, he hasn't stopped working. When God stops working, he he's rest, right? So the work of salvation isn't finished yet. Otherwise, it, the world wouldn't even be here. Because when it is done, the, earth's, the, the whole universe is going to be folded up like a garment and laid aside. Because a new one, a better one, is coming. I am that I am. So you've got, I put these references on here, and this is just a few. I just wanted to make the point to see God is. God is. Remember, he says, he that cometh to me must believe that God is. And he's a rewarder. See, this is, this is a significant thing. Do you believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? That's the question. And the, God's been presented, his name's been maligned, and, and, and they've tried to join him with others. It, it can't happen. You can't. Brother David? In the New Testament, Jesus Christ also made the claim, I am. Yes. Yes, yes he I did. I am the door. That's right. I am the good shepherd. Amen. I am the way, the truth, and the That's right. Amen. So he links that. And that's why they got so upset with him. <laughs> Before Abraham was, I am. I am, that's right. Amen. Yeah, you mentioned that people try to link him with, with things he has not associated himself with. Uh -huh. And I think one of the primary examples is that of uh, Islam. Yes. Because they come through Ishmael. That's right. And it, the scriptures reverse uh -huh. this repeatedly. Yeah. He's the God of Abraham, mm -hmm. of Isaac. Okay, now see, there's room for for Ishmael somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. And Jacob. They, they, amen. And That's right. Known, and that is that is the lineage of the promised seed. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So all these things that I listed here, see that there's only God can do these things. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, only God can protect you. Uh, and whether or not, you know, you may think, well, I got all these ballistic missiles. Only God can protect you. He's Amen. your shield, sure. right? Amen. Only God is the almighty God. He, he, there's no one greater than God. There's no one mightier than God. He's almighty, right? All power is of the Lord. That's right. There, Amen. There are some gods that have passed away. Yeah. Some heathen gods that don't. That's right. Me, no one names me. Them right. Because they weren't. The I, they were Am. They That's right. Am here means always. Hey, that's right. Amen. Yeah, how, how about this one? I am the God of Bethel, which means this is a God that works with his people. Okay, He does things through his... Now that, see, he delivers people. He, he responds to, to the... Why? Because they're created in his image and in his similitude. And he's, from the beginning, he's chosen to do a work in them. So see, it's not just that I'm this big God over here and you can't approach. No, he's made means whereby his banished would not be expelled from him. This is, he's a God of Bethel. 
I am gracious. Now, you know, we may be gracious one to another. That's a good thing. That's an attitude. But this, but God is gracious. I am gracious. Amen. Otherwise, you know, man would have wouldn't have made it out of the garden. I am holy. He's thrice holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. See, so you, if, if you think, well, I'm, I'm pretty holy, well, stand next to God, and you'll see he's holy. He's holy. There's anything in him that is wicked or evil or even against his will or any kind of compromise. God's holy. Yes, brother? I just wanted to share an observation about that verse in Psalm 90 that you mentioned there, and you highlighted God in when I read that, I also think that we might highlight the word thou. See, David right there is not just repeating some facts that he knows. He's talking about being in fellowship with God. He knows. Uh-huh. He knows God. He's speaking with him. So we can read that uh, before the mountains were brought forth, forever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, uh-huh. thou art God. Yes, amen. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Israelites who knew the events of scripture yes they re, there was, there were, these statements were made under certain conditions that's right so they would know that this is the God of Abraham yes Abraham. I'm, that, that's the God we're talking about amen I'm the almighty God yes that to, yeah. that's the God and each of these yes will be able to make the connection amen the God that appeared to them that's the God we're talking about amen 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 I am, the, I am the Lord, which is which is, it means Lord God. See, the, it, this is all caps, Lord. He's Lord. There's no other Lords over him. He is the Lord. Yeah. I am the Lord, which sanctify you. Yeah. Set you apart. That's what, kind of what he's doing to Moses right now, right? He's sanctifying, setting him apart. He's getting ready to do this work. And before he does it, he's, he's, he's talking with him. Yeah. See, that's all God's got to do is talk with you. And faith will will rise to the occasion and will do what God commands you to do. I am the Lord. I change not. Uh, Now, that is a great word for us to know. Because if God ever changed, well, that means maybe he might change his mind about saving us, right? Yes? Faith is the faculty by which we take hold. Yes, amen. But faith is not any stronger than what it takes hold of. Yes, that's right. So that's why these things have got to be established in people's minds. Yes, that amen. That what we are, by faith, stretching forth for is sure mm-hmm. and everlasting mm-hmm. and worthy and yeah. right. Yes. All of these things, amen. We, we can have confidence because that's of right. the things that you're rehearsing now. Amen. Yes, a, a considerable percentage of Christendom thinks that God has changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, out of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was God back then. Yeah, God hasn't changed. You That's take right. Jesus out of the scenario. Yes, yeah, and the way He dealt with Israel, that yes. was the very best way He could deal with anybody. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother Justin. In fact, if God could change, it says that, that it says it says. Uh, it says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, yes. ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. So if, see, if God could change, he would have consumed the people. Amen. Amen. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. He does, isn't, that, isn't that great to know that? Yeah. He, he let us know. 
It's like he's letting Moses know what he needs to know to go in and and have the confidence to stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. <laughs> it's, very, it's very difficult for men to adapt to this kind of language. That's yes. why, they, that's why we're, we're prone to use the word could and right. can uh-huh. Uh-huh. and might. That's right. He, those don't, none of those apply to God. That's right. None Amen. of them apply that's to right. God. That's right. Amen. That's because man is unstable, and God, he's, he's stable. Amen. Amen. Sister June, Brother Marty. Yeah, if God could change, then we can't say every word of God yes. is profitable. Mm-hmm. Because some of it would become irrelevant. That's right. Yeah, it wouldn't be God either. Yes. Amen. I, I'm saying yes. that we're, we live by the word of God. Amen. Amen. That's right. Brother Marty. Yeah, I think we've all probably said this already, but when the Lord says, I change not, mm-hmm. he's not saying um, that I don't want to change, or I could if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. He's saying I'm changeless. That's right. I'm changeless. That's right. There's no change in me. That's right. Yeah. Amen. And, and why would anything change? What, what, what would... What would Precipitate, or what would come before someone saying, "I need to change"? Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's not right. Yeah, At best, it's incomplete. Yeah. So I mean, if if you're if you're if you have to change, that means that something you're not perfect. But God is perfect in all of His ways. He is the Lord God. He's holy. It's somebody have something over here. You just said exactly what I was okay. going to say. Pretty much summed it up. He's perfect, isn't he? <laughs> I change not. Yeah, if a person is familiar with Scripture mm-hmm. and, and how God has reacted, uh-huh. so to speak, they'll never pray or ask something that would, that would require a change. In that's God. right. See, that's right. Every kind of scenario yeah. you'll face, there's yes. an example of it. There's an example somewhere in Scripture of that's it. right. That's right. And of God's response to it. Yes. Amen. Amen. I change now. So God's never going to modify his character to suit your will. Not going to happen. So God doesn't change. So you say, well, well, then what has to change? Well, you have to change. See, that's what God's doing. He's changing us. We're being transformed into the image of his son, the only man he ever fully received. So as we get into Christ, as Christ, we're baptized into his death in order that we might be raised up to live with him. So now the Holy Spirit knows what these things mean. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit. So he puts his spirit in you. And then when you read, I am thy shield, you say, amen. Right. You understand. You, You understand what God's saying here. I'll protect you. I'll keep you. I am the Lord. Now that expression, 163 references in scriptures where he says, I am the Lord. He'll tell the, he'll tell Moses to do something. All right. And you look at the book of Leviticus. He'll tell Moses to do something. And then afterward he says, I am the Lord. See, that was like the period. This is, you do this because I told you to do it. But why? Why? No. I'm the Lord's why. Do this. When someone is speaking as a man misrepresents God, Mm -hmm. says God, 
That's not a misrepresentation of God. That's yeah. another God. That's right. Amen. Amen. It's a startling though, and it seeks oh, yes. God. That's another God. That's you're not talking about the real God. That's, That's right. That's another God. Amen. Amen, sister. Yeah, I I was reading about some of the Schindler Jews that survived. Uh-huh. And this one, he he was raised up very religious, he says. Those are his words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Jewish faith and whenever the uh, persecutions came mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he had read now this is this is what Moses taught people okay yeah. what he knew uh-huh that he, he he looked at that and he told his father this is what God has said this he said this was going to happen yes and amen and uh, he said whenever I get before God he says I may have some questions. And I may, I may want you know want to talk. He says, but he's God. Yeah. And so, I he was he was determined to be faithful because yes. he saw in the scriptures yes. that he had uh-huh. that God always did what He said. Amen. He was God. That's right. Amen. And he wasn't to be questioned. Yes. He was to be obeyed. Amen. Yeah, God's never failed. That's for sure. The great I am. Now, he alone is God. See, he makes this point throughout scriptures. We won't go into it, but I read this Exodus 34, 14. It says, for thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. So if you worship another God, God will be against you. He is a jealous God, right? Then as Isaiah 44, 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. A little bit further down, he says, I know not any. There isn't any. If there was, God... See, in order for you to worship another God, you're calling God a liar. God said there is no other God. So what have you set up as a God is the question. Yeah, it's another God. Now, until this fact is settled in the hearts and minds of men, faith is void. It cannot, it will not. Faith, a man must believe that he is and the reward. Now, who is Jehovah God, this God, the the great I am? That's the God. So see, see, people may, may, may sympathize with people and say, well, well, but at least they're trying. At least they're doing something else. God is jealous. He will not. He, God will not work with someone. He, I say, well, how, how could he work with them? He'll bring him out of that. See, God is a deliverer. That's what we're studying right now. God is a deliverer. So, but ask yourself, you see all these Muslim nations, okay, and they're, and they're worshiping Allah, right? And I tell you, when you follow them and see their worship, it it could be convicting. They are faithful to what they believe. Now, this God that we just talked about, he is seeing that. And see, if, if if God lifted his hand to them and called them, they would come. Now, that's just my observation. But see, in other words, they're faithful with what they what they believe is God. Now, anyway, I, I can see where there, there's hope. God could do this. He's a great deliverer. And, um, 
when people worship Baal, they thought he was a real yes. God. Now this this fact that thou shalt worship have no other God before me. This is one of the most unbelieved scriptures yeah. in the world. Yeah. This right here mm-hmm. is generally unbelieved in Christianity. Yes. Well, see, we live in a time when I'll say it like this: people think I am God. Yeah. Well. You, you shall have no other gods before me. So, so humble yourself. Humble yourself in, in, in the sight of God. Do it. You notice how Jesus and the apostles went out of their way mm-hmm. to tell you that the God you read about from Genesis through Revelation is mm-hmm. the same God. Yeah. Jesus yes. Jesus went out of his way to tell people it's the same God. That's right. And, Amen. And Paul talked about Israel. It's the same God. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And, and there were, in those people, you see God's reaction. Yes. To unbelief and waywardness and sin and refusal. You see, that's the God we're talking about. There Amen. Any other that's God. right. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, the, the, if, if you see it the, the right way, God, God says there are no other. Why isn't there any other gods? Because there is no other gods needed. I mean, God hasn't set up even His Son. We sent His Son here, who who is the image of the Father, right? He He, he came in in His. He did the works of the Father. Okay, He Himself. Okay, he, He's gonna. God's at some point after He's gonna say they, uh, that we all should submit to Him. Right? Everyone should submit to Him. I can't. I've lost the verse now. But dwelt in him bodily. So see, this is the thing. Even he said, "Remember, a man called him good." He says, "Why do you call me good?" See, it was the man's perception of Jesus that was in question. It wasn't the fact that that he was God. It was the fact that that the man perceived him as good as a man. Yes, exactly right. So see, so Jesus redirects his mind to God. See, you worship God. And, and so anyway, he, um, tell them, tell them, go there. He, said he, he gave Moses something to say, which is what he, later when he sends out the, the, the apostles, he's going to give them something to say. Why? Because preaching is effective. When you tell somebody, when you testify to somebody of what God's done in you, it will be effective. God gave Moses something to say. God said, moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. In other words, God isn't going to change the way he presents himself to mankind. This is it. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, if you're whatever, whatever religion... You practice, if this isn't aligned with this, it's not real. It's not right. He told them too that he didn't reveal this name to Abraham. Yeah, that's right. That's, yes. how, that's how distinguished this was. Yes, amen. Because he didn't do a work like this. That's right. In the day of amen. Yeah. See, each one of these men had had their, uh, you, you person may say, I've heard actually people, well, they had their own experience. Well, see, but it wasn't uh, their own unique experience. That's what he's saying. These, I worked in these three, okay? And if you look at it, they, each one of them saw a different aspect of, of, of God's nature. And together, see, we have a complete testimony. God has confirmed it with three witnesses. He is the God. 
and there is none other. Now, see, he's talking to people who would have been very familiar with what the message. They're gonna, he's going to go there. He's going to tell the elders this, and they're going to believe. And now, of course, Moses, and it's not inside. We don't have time right now to go through it. We will next time. Moses is, is going to ask for something to persuade them. Okay? Why? Is it, is it because Moses doesn't believe? No, because Moses wants to go with a complete... He knows they won't. Yeah, and so he, he, they need to be convinced because they're not standing here right now talking to you. And so give me something. And so what does God do? God's gracious. God gives him a sign. And then at the end of, the ne- of chapter 4, you see, or in the middle of it, you see they believed. They believed. And um, so yeah, this is the point. Moses is standing before God. He believes and yet he, he's, he's, he's projected himself to when he's standing before them by faith, and, and he wants to know, what do you want me to do? That is the right approach. See, they're here, they've been there for four centuries, and yes. there's not one single person that has had any kind of contact, conscious contact with God. So that's, that's right. the situation you got. Yes. All they got is what they heard. Yes, amen. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that amen. None, none of these people have any acquaintance with the real God. Yes, amen. Amen. Moses knows this, but see, he, he is a solid reason why he's saying this. That's right, that's right. Faith rises to the occasion. Yeah, amen. Well, a person without faith, well, they're just not going to be able to receive anything from God. That's just that's just the way it is. And God isn't a liar. He does exactly what he says he's going to do. Moses, it must have been taught to him. Because as soon as God spoke, he knew who it was. Yeah. Now, this, this God we're talking about, has said to people that are in Christ, uh-huh. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. That's right. But people could do a lot better in believing that. <laughs> That's right. See, that, that highlights what, how righteous and godly Moses was. Yes, amen. Amen. You know, this, this series is on faith. Uh-huh. That's right. And, and the, the nature of faith is that it is the only means mm-hmm. by which we approach to the grace uh, and throne of God Amen. through Christ. And faith, that's the only place real faith goes. Mm-hmm. Yes. If, yes. It, if it right. goes, if it takes you, Amen. what you're calling faith, if yes. it takes you anywhere but yes. to God through Christ, Amen. it's not faith. That's right, that's right. So I see he's gonna, he's, God gives him something to say to him that's going to provoke this faith. He says, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done unto you in Egypt. And I I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, of the Hittites, of the Amorites, of the Perizzites, of the Hivites, and the Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now imagine yourself in bondage. You're in bondage, and you know you're in bondage. You're crying out to the Lord. You're in bondage. 
But your bondage isn't in Egypt, it's in sin. You know that you can't, you can't overcome this on your own. And you get a message, a gospel message that just Jesus came and he died to take away your sins. You say, what, what would that provoke a person to do? Well, Peter would tell you it provokes them to say, what must we do? And see, the people are very willing when they know they need, they need to be delivered. And someone tells them, you can be delivered. They respond in faith. And see, now these men, when they heard this message, it started softening up their hearts. They wanted to be delivered. They had a great desire to be delivered. He says, and I have said, I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt unto a land flowing with milk and honey, with milk and honey, right? It's going to be a good land. You see how God holds us up to the, forward to them. This, you're going to get out of the bondage and into the land, but there's some things along the way. But if you would have said this to people that weren't in bondage, you yeah. wouldn't have any... That's right. That's right. Have any meaning at all? Amen. So unless people know that they're in bondage to sin, uh-huh. and you don't know unless somebody tells them. Amen. You yeah. don't know this. They don't know this consciously. That's, that's right. Nothing in humanity that tells them they're sinners. Yes. Nothing. Nothing at all. They're dead. That's right. So someone's got to say this. Amen. Words to them from, from Amen. God. Amen. Amen. The Spirit will work with those words. Yes. Amen. And they talking about the elders shall hearken to thy voice. What a confidence that's going to provoke in Moses to go say this, that you're going to say this, they're going to believe. And thou shalt come and the elders of the, and, and thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt. And now, yeah, when did you get that? Thou are going to come and the elders, the movie didn't get it right. That's right. That's right. He shows fear. Amen. The elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go, we beseech thee, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go out, you shall not go out empty, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, and of her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and shall put them on your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Remember, these people are under the bondage of Egyptians. And now God's sending Moses with a message of deliverance. And now we have all heard a greater message than this, haven't we? Our sins. He didn't, Moses didn't go there and say, God can take away your sins. It, that wasn't, he was showing a deliverance, a great deliverance. But it was in order that we would understand the greater deliverance. Our sins are gone because God delivered us from them. That's why they're gone. And Jesus is the spokesman. He came and delivered the message, didn't he? He's the one that came and did the work. And um, there's a, a sense in which Moses is going to come and do the work. See, Moses is going to show up. He's going to lead them. He's going to convince them by the word of God, by what God told him. He's going to convince them. And then 
He's going to come out with a mighty hand. God's going to do a work. And in the end, the whole world's going to know about this. Now, some may deny it today, but they didn't then because Egypt was really destroyed. That's why. So we ran out of time this time, brother. We'll continue in, in a short time. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for giving us your word. We thank you, Father, for this account of your great deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt, your, your chosen people. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've called us into Christ. You've given us to repent. And Father, we praise your name for that, for being a God to us, for, for saving us. Father, we ask, Lord, that um, as we uh, minister one to another today, that, Father, you would edify us. You would, your Holy Spirit would testify to us of these realities. And, Father, that we could serve you acceptably and be good stewards of, of the grace you've given to us. Father, we ask, Lord, that for the food that we're about to eat, we thank you for it. Lord, you provide all these things for our, our good, and we thank you. We ask this in your Son's name. Amen. Amen.